You're listening to an Economy Matters podcast produced by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The Federal Open Market Committee concluded a two-day meeting earlier today. The pace of job today. growth has been strong. Downside risks to the outlook for the, the economy. number of Fed officials. The shadow banking system is large. We've come a long way since the darkest day of the financial crisis. Welcome to another episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinches, Managing Editor of Economy Matters magazine, and today we're visiting with Tao Zhang. Tao is Executive Director of the Atlanta Fed Center for Quantitative Economic Research, and he recently published some interesting research that I wanted to discuss with him today. Uh, his paper is titled, A Theory of Housing Demand Shocks, and uh, his co-authors on the paper are Zhang Liu and Peng Fei Wang. Tao, thanks for being with us today and to talk about your work. Thank you. Uh, Tao, can you briefly describe what you called the in the paper the price-rent puzzle? What does the price-rent puzzle mean exactly, and, and why is it a puzzle? Price-rent puzzle means that the, uh, the fluctuation of house price are much bigger than the fluctuation of rent. And you typically may think, if the house price increases, the rent should increase uh, uh, accordingly, and which is true, but the house price actually rises much more so than the rent during the boom and then during the bust period, and the house price actually dropped more than the rent. So the fluctuation of the house price is much, much more than the rent is a puzzle and to a lot of economists and, of course, as well as, uh, as, as other people as well. Right. So before we dive into your research more, more deeply, let me ask you what prompted you to, to look into this area. Was it the, the boom and the bust that we went through in recent years or what led you to, to examine this? Well, the, the reason we want to examine it is because it has been a puzzle that everyone wants to resolve it or at least explaining it, why there is such a discrepancy between the price fluctuation, means house price, and the rent fluctuation. And if we can understand that, perhaps we'll be able to inform policymakers uh, what to do or may not to do with this phenomenon. Right, right. Yeah, I want to get into the uh, the policy implications uh, a bit later, but. First, let me ask you, in your view, what are we able to infer from how house prices and rents move together, or as you put it in your paper, co-move, or in some cases, the way they don't move together? What, what, what can we infer from that? Well, in most cases, the house price and, and the rent actually move together. They go either up or down. Uh-huh. And as I said before, it just the house price uh, moves in a much larger magnitude than the rent. But sometimes, sometimes, and the rent doesn't move at all. And it perhaps has something to do with uh, rent control. And that, that aspect we don't examine in the papers, but we're more interested in, is that possible for the rent does not even move while the house price will still move and why that's happening. So with that kind of, if we can explain in that kind of phenomenon, and we'll be able to explain in the divergence of the, of the price fluctuation and the rent fluctuation. Right. Well, um, I guess we should note that um, from what I 
gather reading your your research. The the price rent ratio is often used to uh, help people decide if it's smarter to buy or, or rent a home in a given area. Uh, and it doesn't really get into the matter of, of housing affordability, right? It has implication, and yes, you're right. I mean, it does not address the matter of affordability, um, but it, it does has implications about uh, about affordability, and in the sense that if the rent is significantly cheaper, and then one could afford the the the, the house, right? And uh, then people will uh, choose to rent a home, which was n- uh, w- which will, will affect the affordability, and so that's they are actually and uh, somewhat connected. Sure. And also is that's why I think this is an interesting phenomenon, and uh, for policymakers to also think about why they're moving differently and what how this will affect the the affordability. But the price went puzzle per se. It does not really address the matter of affordability. Right, right. Well, you know, Tao, we rarely, if ever, hear about an you know unsustainable rent bubble uh, the way we often hear about you know house price bubbles. And in a normal housing market, in typical times, house prices and rents move largely in tandem. But when house prices rise and rents don't, what does that typically indicate to you? Very good questions. I mean, that was a phenomenon that I touched touched on uh, earlier uh, briefly. And uh, there are times that uh, the rent does not move um, almost at all, and while price house prices fluctuates quite a lot. So, what what does that really mean? Well, it's we need to dig into what factors are driving this phenomenon. In other words, what kind of economic forces? Are driving house prices and yet not rent. Well, can you describe some of these forces, or or just to sort of enumerate them briefly? The in this papers we are talking about that the how the factors affect house prices. For example, if you and if you if you have a home, it's it's a financial asset. So therefore, if you own the home, if the financial is the financial asset, if the price, your house price goes up, and then your wealth goes up, so you can use that to、um, conduct business by、um, making your house as a collateral, right? And so that you can actually get more finances for your business. Right.、So、that's actually a very important fact. And then if you rent a place that you don't own the place, so then you don't have that aspect. Of your, you know, of your,、uh, of your finance, right? The equity. So the you don't have the equity. So I think those are the those factors are very important. But of course, there are other factors. For example, speculation that、uh, because it's a financial asset and for houses, and people may speculate like any other financial assets. So that speculation could drive the house prices. Which is unrelated to an economic fundamentals, and the rent, of course, is determined by economic fundamentals, because how much people can afford. You know, if the rent price goes up, that's because generally other prices goes up, so that's why the rent has to go up. And、uh, but if it's just purely speculation, then you won't have that. You know. The price can move、sure. without fundamental,、right. uh, without、uh, corresponding fundamentals movement. 
Right. No, that, that's a great point. Now, I know you looked at this on sort of a macro level, and I assume the price-rent ratio varies widely, and the ratio in, say, for example, Detroit is quite different from that that we see in San Francisco. Did you note regional variations or anything like that, or, or how did that go into your research? Yeah, the regional var- variations are very interesting phenomenon because they do vary quite a lot. Florida, California, the house price fluctuations are much, much uh, in magnitude, much bigger than, than, than house prices in Detroit. Right. So our view is that uh, a lot of those, uh, uh, which is not addressed in the paper, but uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the regional ones, they across region there still there is a, a very common pattern that the the price price rent puzzle still there that price and rent in normal times typically co-move but the price fluctuates more than the rent so that phenomenon is still there but when you compare across Detroit and uh, San Francisco and then of course San Francisco um, both rent and price moves moves much higher and uh, that is has something to do with people's people's taste that uh, people likes to have a house near the ocean on the coast mm-hmm. and instead of in particular areas so that can drives um, that can drives the price and rent right yeah I was going to ask you about the volatility of the price rent ratio and and why does it exhibit such fluctuation or and I think you've touched on that already with some mm-hmm. of the of speculation and factors like that that lead to some volatility. Is there anything else that causes the price rent ratio to be somewhat volatile? Yeah, and then I, as I elaborate, and as I touched upon um, previously, that uh, because houses are financial assets, so when the value goes up, it means that the house price goes up when you own the house, and uh, you are able to use that as a collateral to borrow money for your own business. So the business use that to to finance their um, finance their investment projects. That you can think about is liquidity premium that they're they're looking for because they want money, right? Liquidity right. means money. Right. Sure. They want money, and then but the way they can get money is using the house value as a collateral. So you can see they can get more money, and economy is booming is booming and uh, more people employed, and uh, the demand for the house will increase again, and then that will drive up the price again, and then, they, then you can use that to buy, to borrow more money to invest. So this feedback loop actually will help, will help or sometimes exacerbate mm-hmm. the fluctuations of the, of the house, because you're going one, one way you can go up, and then doing that, but at, at the same time, you could, the house price could, could go down, sure. go down, then, then you cut, the, the, the finance or borrowing and then the people won't borrow won't lend, lend you much anymore because the house value is not valuable as before and then you can have they have to cut your investment economies that actually going downturn downturn so all those fluctuations is not something can be reflected in the rent right right well tell let me uh, take a little different tack here and ask you about the models you devised to reach your conclusions in, in, in your research. Were there existing models that you could leverage, or if not, what did existing models lack that you needed to conduct the research you wanted to? 
Well, there are two strands of literature actually dealing with these issues. One strand of literature is talking about uh, sentiment, that thinking about the people believes or speculation that house price will go up from now on, so I'd better buy a house now. Right. So by doing that, you actually move up the price much, much faster at the current period. And because people do expect that house price will move up more. Or if people expect house price will, will, and will continue to decline in the future, then they're going to sell the house right away before the house price actually goes down too far. Yeah. So all those sentiment can be can explain this, uh, this wedge between, between the price and the rent. So that's one strand of literature. Another strand of literature is, as I said before, is called the collateral and channel is that how you use a house as a financial asset, as a collateral to borrow money for your investment or even consumption. So in that case, that mechanism can also propagate the, the fluctuation of the house prices, which has nothing to do with rent either. So those existing models are attempted to address this so-called um, price-rent puzzle. Right. So in performing this type of analysis you needed to, to produce the research in, in the paper we're discussing, what were the primary obstacles? Were there anything, any obstacles you had to overcome to achieve the, the research you wanted to? Yeah, because when you have this kind of idea, you have to write on a model to verify this idea actually works. And when you write on a model, oftentimes you don't know how the model will conclude. And uh, so even though you have some intuition how this will work, when you write on a specific economic model with mathematical equations, the conclusion could be different. So the obstacle is that under what kind of conditions you will get results that you think actually explaining the data, under what other conditions, and then the model uh, may have a different protection, uh, different predictions than you think. So those are the obstacles, you know, we have to go, we have to overcome. And also we have a good data set on the price and rent ratio across different regions and metropolitan areas in the U.S. and also internationally. And then they have different patterns, as you noticed, you know, cross regions and cross countries. Right. Besides the discrepancies um, across regions or cross countries, do you find some common phenomenon? And is are your model right down, which is somewhat abstract, is able to explain the data you observed? And so those are the obstacles you know we have to overcome during the during the research. Actually, that leads me very neatly into my next question. I wondered if any of your findings surprised you or went against any of your notions about the market behavior or credit or anything like that. Yes, we did find that how much, there's a parameter called uh, risk aversion parameters, but in the layman's language, is, you can think about it's measuring how much people like to have housing services. In that, I mean, some people like to own the house. The reason they want to own the house is because they feel like they, they get services from owning the house, for example, you can redo the kitchen, mm -hmm. you can you can you can paint the house the way you want, or of having 
having housing services. The joys of home ownership. Yeah, the joys of home ownership. And we find that that parameter guide guides you how much you like it actually matters and, and then it can create nonlinear relationship in the sense that uh, a set of the results could be different. And uh, if that parameters or how much you like the house and goes from one, you know, one set of values to another. Right. In your paper, you look at what happens to house prices and the, and the price rent ratio when there is rapid growth in credit. And historically, at least in the U.S., what do you find has been the effect of a credit boom on house prices? And, and are rents similarly affected? Across all the countries and also in particular in the U.S., you, you'll see that before the, the 2008 financial crisis, and we, have, we truly have a credit boom. Right. Which is what I... This is what this paper is also study. Sure, is about uh, how much down payment you and uh, have to put it down to purchase a house. So during the credit boom, and you can easier to get credit. The bank will say, you know, you may now need to put down twenty percent, ten percent will be enough, or five percent, or sometimes even zero percent. So the how easy it is to get credit will have a big effect on the house price fluctuations. It's easier to credit is the house price tends to boom and increase much more dramatically. And then but if you're tightening the credit and for example requiring you put have a down payment goes to twenty percent or even thirty percent, then you will see that the house price actually is going to declining. So they do affect and uh, so that's what's happening in the in the U.S. Uh, before the 2008 financial crisis and after 2008 financial crisis, and then as precisely because is something to do with how easy it is you can get a credit boom. So it's called credit boom and bust. Right. And then, but the rent are probably affected in some, but not really nearly that much. Right. So I would say that's why it's called. Uh, that's why we have this wedge between the house price and rent. And the rent, because it does not have to be directly affected by the down payment, because it's irrelevant to, for, for, for the renters. So you can see that rent does not even fluctuate that much, even though the credit could be boom, and there is credit boom or bust. I see. Well, you know, in hindsight, the, the dramatic increase in the price rent ratio leading up to the housing crash and 2008, 2009 was a red flag, or maybe it should have been a red flag. Do you think people view it with with appropriate seriousness when it spikes in, in a given area? Yes. I think that will imply that there is a chance that uh, the, the price will come down un, un dramatically. Mm-hmm. And any big volatility or fluctuation either in the house price or in the stock market is not a good thing because the volatility implies uh, an, an uncertainty. And uncertainty, people uh, don't want to live in the world that which has an, a lot of uncertainty, make the policymaker harder to make policy and uh, make people uh, harder to invest. So if you see that spike and always concerned about the volatilities in the housing market. Right. 
You know, in our conversation earlier, you mentioned uh, other other nations' housing markets, and and the price rent ratio is not a you know uniquely American metric. In your research, you also looked at situations in some other advanced economies. What sort of observations did you make there? Are are the movements similar in other countries, or were there factors that set the U.S. housing market apart in some way? Actually, surprisingly, they you know across country they have a very similar, extremely similar movement between in this particular metric, which is the the, the price rent ratio, and the fluctuation of the house price is always manifold than and higher and more so more than the uh, than the rent fluctuation, and if you look at this is. Uh, Interestingly, this is n- true for advanced countries and also for the uh, emerging market uh, economies like in China and other countries, and uh, quite, quite similar. So this is really related to your excellent question previously about the credit boom. Because why we have credit boom? Because we want the economy to grow, right? right. We want we want we want finances to be easier for people to invest, and then that will actually generate uh, generate uh, um, probably ex- exuberance in terms of in, in the housing market, and uh, make the house prices probably grow much faster than what fundamentals has, you know, and, and the fundamentals and, and push the house prices. It's really common across all the economies, all the countries. And so, which uh, which is why make make this research quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, that, that interesting, d- very interesting. Okay, Tao, here's the question I always like to ask our economists when I when I talk to them: What do you think policymakers should take away from your work in this case? How would you like to see it inform their thinking on this topic? I think there are two ways one this research um, is useful for us to thinking about. Uh, um, and uh, thinking about policy analysis. And the first is that uh, if it's truly that uh, the, the speculation for people to think about uh, how, the, how the house price is going to move, and a lot of spe- speculation has something to do with how the policy is, is conducted in the past to, l- to, to lead people to believe that house price will go up. And I mean, just give you example. For example, if uh, if government will say, you know, I'm going to impose 10% of property taxes, and immediately you'll know the house price will drop. Right. So, so I'm thinking about the policies has always important to somewhat guide and or control people's speculation in the in the house market, and so that's why I think it's important. And the second. And in my research, what we're more talking about the uh, down payment, which is direct policy, an uh, instrument about requiring that uh, how much down payment you need to 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 purchase to get loan from the bank to purchase house, and then that down payment and uh, the ratio is actually very important. And whether you want it, you know, uh, reduce that for twenty percent to ten percent, or none, or you increase to twenty percent, or even increase more than twenty percent. Surely, it's going to affect the house prices, so therefore affect the the, the the price and rent ratios. The government policy, knowing that this will generate the the price rent fluctuation, should think about 
what is optimal down payment ratio? Twenty percent right. is really optimal. Yeah, and also thinking about, you know, in order to curb some speculations, you know, what is what is optimum property tax, you know, on the on, you know on, on the house you own, and all those, and are relevant and uh, and for policy analysis and also give a policymaker a lot to think about. Yes, I, I think you have given policymakers a lot to think about here and you've given us a lot to think about as well. And, and this has been a great conversation, Town. I, I appreciate your making time for us today. Well, thank you very much. And that's it for this episode of the Economy Man Matters podcast. I should note that we'll have a link to Tao's paper on our website so you can uh, take a deeper dive into what we've been talking about today. And again, I'm Tom Heinches, Managing Editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. And uh, thank you for spending time with us today. And I hope you'll come back next month for another episode. Have a great day. This has been a production of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at frbatlanta.org.